This episode of Cast of Craze is brought to you by... Eager Raven returns to Kickstarter in its first trade paperback collecting issues 1 through 4 in one full-color volume. Eager Raven, heir of the first unicorn, is the story of a unicorn princess exiled into the mortal realm after she is betrayed by her elf prince husband-to-be, dragons overtake her kingdom, and how she trains to become a knight with the help of an unusual trio of blacksmiths. It's a mature audience telling of the classic hero's journey with a soap opera twist. So check out Eagle Raven, Heir of the First Unicorn, Volume 1 today. Today we're going to be talking to Chris Wagan about his tights. Let's get it! Welcome to Cast the Crazy Podcast. I'm your host with the most in the crazy man, Vera. And I am with George the Dreamer, Madena. What's happening, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Cast the Crazy. We are live tonight, and we have a very special guest, Mr. Chris Wagen. Wait, wait, wait. I can't remember pronounce his last name. There he is. Type numbers one and two on Kickstarter. That is live right now, I believe, right? Right so now, to, yeah, we're gonna be talking it. to him. Please subscribe to the channel, hit the like yes. button, comment below. That's right. Hit the bell. We're gonna be live on uh, tomorrow. I think on Thursday morning, definitely. I'm not sure if we're live tomorrow night, but uh, yeah, Sammy, what's happening, my man? How you doing? What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, uh, first one, shout out to our our first sponsor. We have a few sponsors of the show tonight. Our first sponsor, Daphne Lage, who has Eagle Raven, who is currently also on Kickstarter, and uh, she's also killing the game. Um, I think she was funded in like the first forty five minutes. But uh, check it out, Eagle Raven. Links in the summary if you uh, uh, if you want to check it out. Um, what's going on? It's uh, that that we made a hundred, bro. We made a hundred. One hundred. One hundred people signed up. That's so right. Up. Yeah, sign up for the subscribe to your launch page. I mean, yeah, subscribe. Yeah, following the it. Launch of There's an Alien on My Toilet, I Chihuahua, book number three, which launches on the 20th of September. And so far, we have 100 people who signed up. Thank you so much. And if you haven't signed up already, what, what are you waiting for? I don't understand what's going on. But sign up today. It's going to be fun. I Chihuahua, book number three. Duty finally gets into a house. He finally encounters humans. He meets a Chihuahua named Herman, who thinks Duty's a talking jalapeno. The government's after him. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. I mean, how much can an alien take? Anyway, but that's not all. If you thought that was all, man, you're slipping. That's not all because Duty has another story to share with you. Duty does what Duty does. And what is it, you ask? I'll tell you. It's Duty's monsters on Planet Cthulhu. 
That's right. You can unlock. This is a stretch goal. It's a 24-page story of duty on He's facing Cthulhu. What, what the hell does that have to do? And what's with Duty's monsters? There's a whole lot. So Duty's in high school. He's pondering. He's like, my life is boring. I need to go on another adventure. You know what? He just got back from Earth. He didn't learn his lesson there. So now he goes off to the outer rim to face this mythical creature. And, um, you know, I think he bites off more than he can chew. But that's available to be unlocked. And you can add it as a um, to your basket. So there's a double feature on this campaign. If you haven't signed up already, do so. Link is also in the summary. I hope that you're there. It's going to be a party. And if you join us on the live uh, launch on the 20th, right here on Cast Creek Podcast, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If we get funded on the night of the launch, I'll be raffling off a painting. What? Are you crazy? Yes, I am. I'll be raffling off a T-shirt and some other goodies. But uh, we have to get funded on the night of the launch. So uh, you want to be there because you just might be the winner. Walk away with original painting from uh, the crazy man himself. That's just nuts. That's just nuts. Like Crazy Eddie giving it all away. Crazy Eddie bringing it back. Bringing it crazy back. Eddie, crazy Eddie was the joint, yo. Remember that dude, Crazy Eddie? That yes. thing was crazy with a price on team. Um, no, man, good stuff, good stuff. And make, make sure that if you haven't done so yet, check out the website, getyourmeds.com. That's my website with all of my stuff on there. I have T-shirts. I have hoodies. Um, I have all kinds of stuff. I have books. You know, The Avengers of Wonder Duck, issue, uh, issues one through four is on there in the form of a graphic novel. Russ 5377, my boy. Who I don't give enough love, show don't show enough love. He's on the website as well, so make sure you pick that up. Get your meds. You treat him like the orphan that he is. That's right, stepchild, baby. Oh, stepchild. I don't understand. No, you know everything has a has a Hater. has has a time, you know, to shine. It's like your Gorf. Where's Gorf? Gorf gets treated like a like a. Gorf has a cameo in Duty Monsters. No, nah, but that's not enough. Gorf yes. needs his own thing. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so I got we the- all. Listen, I got the Avengers of Cosmic Gorf. Don't make excuses. I got the Avengers of Cosmic Gorf. I am. What I'm saying is, every character has its time to shine. Right now, it's duty for you. I'm sure Gorf will have his time too. I, I, Gorf has to have his time. Eat up, or uh, uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, Where's that from? Where's that from? I have no idea, dog. Come on, George. Eat Sorry, dog. Or uh, uh, eat up, or uh, uh, eat up. Or uh, uh, that means I love you. Come fly with me. You remember the Jetsons? <laughs> Come the on. Jetsons? What? <laughs> Where in the Jetsons? I, what is yes, that? Remember he, he became uh, he was uh, he was singing and he's like and he had like he had like a band. You gotta say pull it up wow. on YouTube. You see it. <laughs> anyway, yes. Sam's so, yes. his mind. Yeah, you're losing it, dog. You're losing it. But it's all good. It's all good, but it's all good. Yeah, no, a lot of things going on. The campaign launches on the 20th. Don't forget that that's going to be live, 7.30 p.m. We are going to be live. Make sure you hit the the uh, the bell so that you know when we are going live. Yes. We also have a show tomorrow. Uh, is, is it live tomorrow night? What do we got going on tomorrow? No, we don't have a live show tomorrow. We have, we're have we live no. on Thursday morning with the morning Bruce. So Thursday morning. morning. Uh, we'll have some interesting topics to uh, discuss. Bring your coffee, pull up a chair, and engage with us. We, we usually chat with a live audience, so it's going to be fun. The Morning Brew, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on Catch the Craze. Yeah, yeah. We've, had, we've talked about, uh, you know, different topics. Today is actually usually our, our live show that will uh, air. Actually, next week, Friday, we have a really good show. We have an entrepreneur uh, that's going to be no, talking No, it's actually this us. week. That's this Friday? The, yeah, uh, second, the second, right? The second, yes, the first Very of its kind. We have Very we have um, the CEO and owner of a call center 
um, in Costa Rica. Uh, he was born in the U.S., educated in the U.S., and decided to um, uh, go over to Costa Rica and start his own business. A uh, very successful entrepreneur who was a fan of Cast the Craze and reached out and wanted to talk about his business and um, you know the ben the benefits of becoming an expat. Right. And uh, and and going overseas and starting your own business and and risk taking resilience, you know, um, you know, all those things. So it's a really fantastic interview. I interviewed him a few weeks ago um, and uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. So if you are, you know, trying to build your business, um, this is a good show for you um, because this guy really um, represents all those key ingredients that you need to uh, really um, avoid the pitfalls and navigate in these rough waters and be successful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Can't wait to take, check it out. That's coming this Friday. So make sure you, uh, you check that out on Friday, but tonight we're going to be talking to a friend of the show, man. Yeah. Yeah. Chris is coming through. He's got his, uh, the second issue of tights yeah. is, uh, is on, and we're going to be talking to him about that tonight. So that's going to be fun, man. Yeah. Uh, tights one was was a good read so i can't sure. wait to see what he's got coming on on and he's on killing it show. i mean he's killing it i think uh, i don't know how fast he got project we love he got 114 backers already good. um you know good. he's well he's, deserved so he's got 15 days to go so it's just it's all gravy from here you know it's uh so it's like you know he had the salad he had the appetizer he had the soup he had the meal and that was dessert baby and that was dessert and and you know that nice uh chardonnay and just gonna be chilling right so you should go and check it out again the link i just put the link in the chat and it's also in the summary uh check it out but he, you're gonna hear from him directly and he'll tell you why you should back tights big time big time dude big big time, time. Big yo time. do you have anything going any conventions coming up i think in october don't october you? i have two conventions yeah. i have the um the uh fan festival which is run by fan expo um, I did the Fan Expo in, in Dallas, which is, I was very successful there. Yeah. And now the Fan Festival, same convention center. Um, it's just the difference is the Fan Expo in the summer, in July, brought in 80,000 people. The Fan Festival brings in 20,000 people. Still a lot of people. So um, I'm, I'm excited about that. And then I also have Cowtown Comic Con, um, which I met the promoter. Actually, the promoter introduced himself to me at the um, Arlington Comic Fest, and then we met up again at the um, Denton Comic Fest. So he's really excited about having me there, he, you know, and uh, we're actually going to have him on our show too. So um, that, uh, I'm excited about that event. And I got put on by that on that show by um, Paul Gomez, creator of Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries. Um, so he actually introduced me to him. So um, shout out to Paul out there. And I think his Kickstarter is still running Bushy Boo, unless it ended already. I think it ended. He was funded successfully. Congratulations to you. Um, so yeah, so shout out to you. Good stuff, man. Yeah, no, it's it's been uh it's been quite quite uh a few months for you as far as conventions go. I'm trying I'm trying to figure out what conventions I want to do next year. So um uh, I'm I'm starting to look at some conventions, see what I see what I can do. I want to do at least four or five next year. So we shall see this year. The New York Comic Con. I can't do the New York Comic Con. I actually have a wedding I'm going to, so I won't be. Damn, like that. it's like I everybody know. you know is getting married. I know, bro. It's like so, so that this be one. Go to that. Yeah. In Australia? Uh, no, no, it's right here. It's uh, hmm. it's it's in New York. It's in New York. Yeah. It's uh, yes, but it's that weekend, so it's a wrap. And I'm in the wedding, so it's not even like I could be like, oh, yo, I could make it. Uh, you're the ring boy. 
No, no, no. The flower boy. The ring bearer. <laughs> giving out the flowers. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, so that, yeah, so that's happening. Um, so I won't be able to do it. But uh, yeah, I, I want to go back to New York Comic Con. I haven't been back. I know you, you have that, that. I guess that convention might have left a bad taste in your mouth. But I think it's a, it's still a good show, man. Nah, man, they hate it. So the reason why I, I don't want to do New York Comic Con anytime soon, because if I'm going to fly to New York, I'm not going to fly to New York for New York Comic Con. Uh, number one, because when they first launched, we were the first ones in there. And we were there for a couple of years in a row. And and it was the indies were the ones who were really really generating because people were like apprehensive oh new york is expensive blah, blah blah and then once they took off what happens you get cooked you get cooked you know kicked to the curb and you're treated as a stepchild and uh so for me it's like you know what um i want to go where i'm appreciated and people want you to be there like i met four different promoters out here in texas that want me out that shows that's what i want even though they're small they're not new york comic-con in new york comic-con you're competing with all the big names you're competing with hollywood you're competing so for me to go through all that stuff and the inventory I would need to take and play for the hotel and the flight and all that stuff, I'd rather do some local shows, have fun and wait. And then, I mean, know. there's local shows here in New York. Too. The thing, the thing with, and, and listen, you're brand new to, 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 to uh, Texas. It's the honeymoon stage. You know what I mean? Everything is good. Everything. Yeah. You love it. I love, love me. They love me. Cause they don't know you yet. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing with New York, and I think here's the thing with New York Comic Con, and I agree with you. I think I think the fact that they've raised prices so much, oh crazy, and have kind of like you know they basically moved us out. I get it. I understand. But a bathroom. I I still think I still think that the New York Comic Con, much like San Diego, it's a good place for networking. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it I is. Mean, it I mean, is. it's a good but, place for networking. Yeah, you're, you know. you're you're in a major city. There's tons of people walking through the door. You never know who's going to walk through that door. Now, you know, it's a pipe dream. You never know. Whatever. But, but, well, yeah. But but I think that there's still, there's still, the Comic-Con in New York still is a huge show. It is. And it definitely has its it pros and cons, like every other convention. You know, pros and cons like every other convention. I think it's the same thing could be said about San Diego. I'm sure San Diego isn't cheap. You know no. what I mean? It's not cheap. It's hard no. to get into, no. but it's Hollywood. It draws tons of people in there. You never know what I like about floor. San Diego you is know? that you <laughs> have. A, so one of the things, at least the last times I've done, I don't know if it's changed over the years, but when we did it, we actually had a say in where we wanted. It would say, "What you know? What's your you know preference? You get three options: A, B, C. What's your preference in placement? You don't yeah, get that in New York. They just throw you wherever." You know, yeah. I don't know if they still do it. Like, I wonder. Yeah. Maybe I don't know if they still do it, but in, in New yeah. York, they just they just throw you in. Next, you know, you're in the middle of a mosh pit. And you, uh, you know what's the biggest? I think the big, and I don't know if this happens in, in in every convention, and you know, but I feel like the turnover is huge. You never, you may be speaking to somebody, and they may be your person, and next year it's somebody completely different. So yeah. you you build this rapport with this one person who's supposed to be taking care of you at the convention, and they're not no longer there next year. So now you got to start all over again with a brand new person and all this other stuff. So there's a lot of turnover at these conventions. I mean, I guess it's because it's so big. They don't really care. <laughs> it's just a number to them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that's a big problem because you you don't have that, you know, who do I who do you talk to? Who do you reach out to? You don't. You don't reach out to anybody. They, they, they contact you. Right. So, you know, I guess a lot of these big conventions go through the same process. Uh, I, I remember Texas. 
that convention didn't get to you until what? When did they respond whether or not you a were at one. the convention? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Six weeks so before. It, it, it happens. It happens everywhere. I mean, I just think that every 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 state has a huge convention. I'm sure, Dragon Con's the same way. MegaCon's the same way. You know, these big conventions, they you know, just a number to them. They don't care. They Absolutely. Don't care. Okay, Absolutely, but uh, I think uh, this episode is also brought to you by mm. Story, Story Comic Podcast. Story Comic is a podcast that focuses on people behind the words. The host, Bonnie Smith, interviews comic creators of all types and their works and tells stories about comics, comic-based stories, and all other forms of pro storytelling. We've been streaming our show online since 2019, and it's been amazing to see how many people around the world have come to appreciate and value of uh hearing stories from people who are just as passionate about their work as we are. So if you're a comic creator yourself, or you know someone who is, or if you just want to hear about how your favorite book or comic book are made, come check us out, storycomic.com. So thank you for Story Comic, and thank you, Daphne Lage, two of our sponsors of the show. We have three sponsors tonight, uh, but uh, thank you again for sponsoring Cats the Craze podcast. And I think, so I think it's about time that we bring in our guest. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. I don't know. We gotta talk about his tights. I don't know what's going on with this. What's up? <laughs> what's going on, guys? What's happening? Good, man. Doing? You guys, it makes me feel like I'm not doing anything with my free time. You got so much going on, it's nuts. Shit, you're on the side of the road, George. Oh, dude, I can pull over. <laughs> you're not like, gonna get hit stops. by somebody. It never stops. I'm outside right now. I'm like, holy yeah. cow, where am I? Yeah, so luckily, but... uh, yeah, no, I can't. I, I'm actually at the airport. I'm picking up my mom. She's coming in later. Her flight's delayed, so here I am, you know, doing a podcast. In the meantime, yeah, company man, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, it's it's good. It's it's good to be on, man. It's and it's awesome to to hear all these updates and see what's going on and the new intro and all this stuff, man. It's uh, yeah, brother, yeah, hey, listen, you have some updates. I saw, I've seen some stuff online. You've got some updates for for tights, but uh, before we get into any of that, just introduce yourself to the audience in case they haven't uh, seen you sure. on the show before. Yeah, uh, Chris Wygand, creator writer of tights. Um, what we got going on now, it's a, it's the second Kickstarter, but uh, we put, you know, tights issue one and two. I found myself, like, maybe subconsciously, it just feels better because if you missed <laughs> out on, like, the first, you know, if you're on the fourth issue or the third issue, whatever, just seeing, like, one through, uh, right. to me, it's like, okay, shit, I can get caught up probably for cheap, get the digital for cheap. And right, right. So we got that going. So, yeah, it's technically the, the second one that we've done. Uh, very fortunate. Um, we're very, very lucky to the first Kickstarter do really well. The second one's doing great. Um, so like you said, it's gravy, gravy from here on out, but I would love to keep smashing these, uh, oh, these yeah. stretch goals so we can give people all the free stuff. I mean, That's who doesn't true. love that stuff? So Absolutely. Uh, and you're, you're streaming from the West Coast, right, right Chris? Yeah, man. Is that uh, yeah. Yep. I've uh, lived in uh, San Francisco for almost 10 years via Detroit. Um, yeah, and the book takes place in San Francisco. Uh and uh, it was uh, a lot of what went into it. I would look out and see in my alleyway happening. So the, during COVID, <laughs> it was like, just at the beginning of COVID, that was the kick of the butt I needed to add to the story that I thought just made it a little bit more topical and fun. And I guess I'm somewhat uh, scary that could this happen? <laughs> could, right. could things get worse? Could a second pandemic like kind of cripple everything back to where we were and then maybe we've all been watching too many marvel movies and reading too many comic <laughs> books and start putting on the tights and trying to fix things uh yeah so <laughs> you you start you you started writing that uh that comic in 2020 right that's when you started writing it 
you know, I had the idea, but it was a completely different idea. It was called Justice, which, you know, just wasn't ownable. It was too serious. You know, what, what it's about now is, um, uh, you know, it takes place in a world like our own. Second pandemic hit. We're recovering from it. So, you know, uh, a lot of people are employed. A lot of people, again, like I said, uh, maybe want to fix things themselves, but they don't have the the skills, they certainly don't have any superpowers, think like a kick-ass, right? Like what would happen yeah. if real people tried to, to help out? And it usually goes bad. And so the protagonist is a judge. And he's a Judge Oliver Andrews, and he hates these tights because <laughs> he deals with them, right? They're clogging up the criminal justice system because they get caught half the time they're trying to help, right? And he sees the collateral damage that you know they cause. You know, He sees the families of, of the people that they've hurt accidentally, but still... And by definition, if you're a vigil vigilante, you're breaking the law. And Oliver right. may be an asshole and he has his own faults, but he is true to, to the law. And so, <laughs> so he really dislikes these, these people. And originally, it was just about a judge who had had enough with, about, with the system, right? And it was right. like, I'm watching these, these horrible people get off. There's nothing I can do. I'm more like a referee than anything else, right? Like it's, it's, it's the system who's letting them go, not me. And it's like, I'm going to do something about it. So in his after hours, it's, it was about like a normal guy. Could you become a force of nature or would you just get, you know, your, your ass kicked <laughs> and, and murdered? <laughs> so that was just, it was fun, but it wasn't all that original. Um, and it just wasn't my style when I started writing it. And when COVID hit a very serious thing, but a silver lining, I saw some of the madness too. Like I said, my apartment faced this alleyway in San Francisco called Willow. And I would see people making lassos out of jump rope, lassoing people in like, it just like, just madness. And it's crazy as it was, it still got me like smiling and it got me like, you know what? I, I don't know. I think, I think this could be still a hardcore, you know, story about what happens when people do this, but also always have a smile, always have a wink. And that that kind of evolved into what it is now. And I know that was a long diatribe, but uh, yeah, started out very different. Now I think it's a little bit more fun. Do Do you think that it's going to continue to change as things around you change? Is it Is it a story that evolves as you continue to write it, or do you have something already set in mind and said, "Okay, this is what the story is going to be," and I've written it and it's done? How, how does that work? How does your creative process work? It's a good. It's a really great question, man. I think the beats are there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I plotted it out, so hopefully I won't write myself into a corner at some point uh, and freak out because not knowing where to go. So the main beats are there. I know how it's gonna this fourth story arc or volume one was gonna end. But how I get there, and some of these characters that you know, in issue two that I weren't I wasn't planning on creating, but it just it seemed like I needed something to fill a void, whether it was adding a little bit more comedy or you know, bringing back people from you know Oliver's past and um that's evolving that's fun right so i have an idea of where it's gonna go again i know the main beats but like getting there and also like the tone of stuff kind of changes a bit like if you think about I'm trying to think um you know i think let's see here uh atlanta gets real word i don't know if you guys have seen that show but it gets the tone and everything gets crazy but it's like Things can be funny, but then it can get serious. And it depends on the characters that you're writing and the stories that you're making for them. I think on the whole, it's going to be a dark comedy, but I think it's fun, you know, inserting some more of the serious shit that we're dealing with, right? So to your point, like, how does it evolve? And, 
you know, I'm a new dad and like that, that has an effect, you know, it kind of puts a different spin on things a little bit. Not that I'm just going to put a baby in, in the comic, but um, it's just interesting how world, yeah, the world affects you and it really, it comes through in the writing. And I think when you do that right, people can feel it. And I think that's something that, that makes them want to come back to that little, little bit of an evolution, but still staying in your lane. Yeah. So yeah. So, I think so. So you said something that's interesting. So we say when you do it right, how how do you know for yourself that you did it right? You know, I think I you know you always worry, right? You have this imposter syndrome. At least I do when I create anything, and I've been writing advertising for fifteen years. But you know, that's way different. This is my own thing. I don't have to appease a client. I don't have to appease a boss. This is me. And so you get worried. It's like, am I crazy? Is this right? You know, like I'm so close to the screen and you, you like you lose it right in your brain and you could let your friends read it and your editor read it. But at the end of the day, when I've entertained myself first and foremost, and when I'm making myself laugh, I have found that that's the best stuff. It's when I start second guessing myself and it's like, you know what? Is that just stupid? Am I stupid? <laughs> like When I start taking that stuff out, and, you know, maybe a friend will read it and be like, you know what, you're losing the, the fun. You know, when I, 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 I uh, took issue two to one of my friends who's helped me edit it, and he's like, you're missing, you're, you're, I think you're missing a little bit of that, that wink, right? I'm like, you know what, you're right. And I put back the stuff that I took out that I thought maybe it was too silly or stupid. And that, I think, is the goal of what, when people who enjoy the book, I think that's what they're looking for. So right. I think, you know, when I can, when it feels right just to me, um, I think when I'm just true to myself, I think that's the best stuff, honestly. Because um, so I want to write for myself, you know. That's first so, and foremost. So how do you how do you overcome those moments of doubt, where you're second guessing yourself? What do you do to reset? Yeah, that's it's tough because you can get in a hole, man. Um, <laughs> I think I move on. I, you know, before when I first started doing this, actually when I first started writing, you know, screenplays and pilots and stuff like that. Um, I would just get focused on a page, you know, in a moment, in a greater story, in a, just maybe even down to a panel when it comes to a comic book. And what is this person saying in this one sentence? And I'll just beat myself over the head and have like a list of 20 different variations of it. And I finally just had to stop. And it was just, it wasn't healthy. I wasn't getting anywhere. I'd throw up a barrier and I wouldn't let myself get beyond it. And so I think what really helped was just put it down and move on, <laughs> you know, like write a completely different part of the story, right? You know, and then come back to it. And when I find, I find myself doing that, it, it just, it's so much better. And I, I just, it's almost silly to myself that for so long, I just wouldn't let myself get beyond it until I fixed it. And it's just like, you know, F that man, just move, move on and come back to it. It'll come to you, right? It's like when you're trying to think of something like an actor's name or something, it's like, I'm just going to go about my day and then boom, <laughs> you know, like it comes to you like a bolt of lightning. You know, sometimes that's what happens with, you know, story I, and dialogue. I, I think you mentioned something about like giving it off to an editor or somebody to write, to read it and having them know what the material is, just like, you know, what the material is and say, Hey, yeah. you're missing this part of it. I think that that, that helps you as a, as, as a writer also to say, you know what? I got to believe in me more. Like, yeah. I had that in there. Why did I take it out? You're right. I took it out. Why did I take it out? And all it does, and it just takes that one person to say to you, dude, like, I like this from the first, because the first issue was funny, bro. Like, I read it. I oh, enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> I, hope so. I enjoyed Sorry. the book. I, I like, I like the, I mean, there was some, there was some passages like, 
what that happened you know what i mean like there was there's a lot of those moments do we get some more of those moments in the second book do we get those whole moments in yeah, the second we, issue you do and if you want a spoiler i mean i put i put the first six pages um like i did in the first kickstarter i had the first mm -hmm. nine pages where you see that first moment at the yeah, end of yeah. the bank robbery yeah. there's a moment that happens in like the second page or third page where hopefully yeah you get that <laughs> and, and it's, it, it involves oliver and he he doesn't mean to do something, but it, you know, it happens and it gets real serious for him before it was like, Holy shit. Someone almost tried to kill me. And then now, now I'm in this and I yeah. can't get out of this. And so, yeah. So hopefully there's one of those to kick it right off. And I kind of want to do that in all of my issues. I want to, I want to end with a cliffhanger and I want to start you with a smack in the face, like, Holy yeah. shit moment. And hopefully that's it. And then we get into more of let's push the story now. Like now he's in the shit. And then, like I like that dialogue, right? The Tar Tarantino where, you know, we're going to have the shadow pack who are the people, the tights who saved him, the badasses, and they need something from Oliver and they take him to their den. And it's this conversation where he's actually tied up and, you know, he's, they're basically asking him, you know, you're going to have to do this thing for us, uh, kind of blackmailing him a bit. Cause he's like, it's, he's going to have to break the law in order to help them do the right thing. But again, that's his life. That's his livelihood. And he's going to buck against it. But then they're also going to have the thing that happens in the beginning of issue two to hold it against him and go, no, you're going to help us. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about this. Okay. And so I like, I like that. So hopefully there's some fun dialogue in there when yeah. Oliver starts losing his shit and starts uh, <laughs> screaming at him and <laughs> trying to stand his ground. But he knows he's screwed. So hopefully there's that, oh, oh shit moment. And, and also kind of the fun um you know dialogue and and the one-liners and stuff that i i had fun writing in the first one sure. you mentioned tarantino and i couldn't help but notice that you have the scenes from pulp fiction on the back i know i sure they said it i was like holy shit yeah. <laughs> i'm a fan if you can't tell yeah. what's your favorite tarantino film i think it's pulp fiction yeah uh, i think it too. might be my favorite I agree. Uh, it might I agree. be my favorite movie it, it it goes i love the big lebowski it depends on kind of what movie yeah. uh, mood i'm in but uh yeah, it's hard to beat that. It's just a perfect... You know, it, it's funny with that movie because he breaks all the rules, right? Like, there is no beginning, middle, and end. Like, he yeah. just... He says, you know what? I know the rules. I'm just going to break them now. Like, yeah. and, and you're going to still enjoy the movie. And I, I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine, Jonathan, and we were talking about which, you know, which Quentin Tarantino movies the best. And Django and Chains is great. Yeah, yeah. And the Reservoir Dogs is great. Yeah. But, there, but there's something about Pulp Fiction, and it's those characters. Yeah. It's those characters. You can put them in any scene. It doesn't, and, and, and it just shows. You can yeah. put them in any any order, and those characters still make you want to watch the movie. And I think that that's that's what we kind of strive for as, as creators and as writers, right? Yeah, we want those characters to be so good that you can read that book from front to back. Doesn't matter where you read it, you're gonna enjoy that character. And I think that that's that's tough, man. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah, it's geez. not an easy thing to do. How many how many books have you? I mean, how many? issues of it have you written already or are you still working on what are you working on so um thankfully you know issue two has been done and we're you know just getting the art done lettering it's 100 percent finished so that's that's awesome knowing that as soon as the kickstarter ends if you read the digital or you just got the digital you're gonna get that i mean almost immediately i just gotta write the thank you page um but uh so i started issue three um i I'm going to, my plan is to like, just go writer retreat style and try and bang out, not just the next issue, but hopefully a couple. So I can then give it to the artists and just have them run in because, um, you know, as a, as a, as a fan of comics and, you know, being used to reading a lot of the, 
I'll call it the big three, you know, including Image, you know, every month. And it's like indie comics is just, it, you can't do it. It just takes, you got to get the money. You got to build the thing, <laughs> you know, um, you know, just knowing the process that, you know, when you're, if your book gets picked up by a big publisher, it's like they want it all almost done. And yes. it might be a year from now until they start releasing issue one a month at a time, but it's finished. And yeah. so you, you can, get used to the cadence then as a as a reader and as a consumer right you don't want to you don't want to piss off the people so for me like it's it's killing me that it's taking this long but i know i mean it's it's hard not to have these breaks because you got to build a thing right we're, yeah. we're building the plane as it's flying and so i really just want to try and get ahead this this next time around um but again it's hard right like it's running a kickstarter and doing the social and all this stuff it's just a full-time side gig and uh, it's hard to find the damn time to just to focus on the writing. So my, my plan is like maybe just take some time off, go in a damn cabin and hammer <laughs> those things out because I don't know how I'm going to do it otherwise. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? That's so what's good. Up, oh, what's up? Thank you. So, so can you talk a little bit about publishing tights yeah. and the home of tights and, 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 and that kind of side of it? Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what's happening with tights as far as publishing goes? Yeah. So, you know, my dream and my hope was that after having two issues, it kind of proves that it has legs. I think anyone can take, so you could take 10 years to write one comic, right? Uh, we've seen this with some really good movies too. It's like, right, right. <laughs> this is a perfect movie. And then, oh, they had to follow it up. And it's like, oh, damn. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to call anyone out, but uh, we know we could think of some movies right now or some creators that, you know, have done that. And um, I think it's important to, again, to to prove the story has legs. And so I wanted to wait until at least I had two issues before going to some cons. And man, I'm so excited about the prospect of that. I've been waiting my whole life. And so I wanted to have two issues, right? And um, I hoped that getting two issues out and done, you know, approaching publishers again. I mean, I, you know, I got all excited and I sent out a pitch before issue one was done to like the biggest names in comic books. It's like this <laughs> no name is pitching an idea. Like what the hell? It's like, oh, I have an idea for Warner Brothers. <laughs> Listen to me for this really great movie. You've never heard of me. That's what I was doing. And you know, whatever, it's worth it. It's good. It, it you know, it teaches you some things. So after two issues, I want to get out there. Um, I want to talk maybe again, maybe approach some, you know, indie publishers, bigger publishers, but what some exciting news right now uh, that I'd love to share is Lesser Known Comics. Uh, I think you guys may be familiar with them. Yeah, um, Mark Brennell and them. Yeah. yeah, Mark's great. And Mark and I are partnering up. So um, we are going to hopefully get tights in, in the Lesser Known Comics catalog, get it out there during their Kickstarters. I'm, I'm trying to help out everyone. The creators are so awesome. It's not like it's a chore. It's like you just want to help out your friends. And it just – after the conversations we had, it's just we are very similar in, in what we would like out of a partnership where we hope to see each other and what we're doing in, in a couple years. And so, yeah, we're, we're partnering up. Uh, I don't know if maybe you'll see the logo on the comics. And, you know, awesome. he's got good connections with his printer, Comics Wellspring, um, who I've used coincidentally, mm -hmm. and they're fantastic. But he does bigger runs. So we'll, we're talking about that and what the future looks like. But right now, um, yeah, for, for, for example, um, they're so great for my, uh, hopefully we had 150% funding, uh, we're at 140 right now, hopefully, you know, before this thing ends in two weeks and, uh, we're going to have a, a lesser known comics, like batch of comics, four comics, nice. the full comics. And so anyone who is backed, 
you know, um, uh, any of the bundle tiers that we have, they'll just get it for free. Um, and so all digital copies of that. So it'll be cool again to get more of these really great comics by them, um, hopefully into the, the digital hands of the readers of tights. And again, it's a, just a, a nice relationship where we hopefully can uh, help each other out, push our books and then maybe travel to some cons together, you know? Right, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's been exciting to, to have that all come together, actually. I mean, yeah. it just kind of happened. I know. I saw it the other day on social, and I was like, man, that's great. That's that's a nice little combo you guys are doing there. So good. Congratulations. They, I mean, they, they, they've produced a lot. Of, they've published some really cool stuff. I think Tank was one of their um, yeah. their graphic novels, which was a very well-done uh, book. And they, you know, they, they had a successful campaign. I'd love to see Tights as a graphic novel, you know, just combine, you know, just compiled into yep. it. Because I, I'm really, I, I love reading stuff like that. But man, congratulations, Chris. That, that's amazing, dude. Good yeah, job. it's fun. Yeah, yeah, so yeah hopefully uh, volume one. That's that's the idea. Yeah, as right. soon as soon as we finish these damn things, uh, <laughs> hopefully we have that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Before we go into the next questions, we do have to pay the bills, and we, we have another sponsor. Here comes Tech the Gods. Check out techthegods.com mm. for more. And uh, Dan Price says, what's up, fellas? Congrats. Oh, what's up, Dan? What up, Dan? And let's man. Uh, Looking forward to the, his Kickstarter is, is going to launch real soon. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just karate kicking his way to stardom. And uh, congrats for uh, from Charter Great Press. Uh, oh, dude, yeah. He's great, too. Yeah, yeah he's, he's awesome. awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. We had him on the show not too long ago. Really cool guy. Yeah, this community is incredible. Um, oh, dude, yeah. So good, I, man. It's that again, does. it's, it's like, there are very few, I mean, people say, I mean, of course in any community there's, there's bad apples, but I honestly like haven't run into, <laughs> run into any yet. Knock on wood. I, I, know, I know there's, I know there's in, in everything, but uh, yeah, it's just been, it's been, it's been awesome. So yeah, walk uh, us through your campaign. I mean, I mean, again, congratulations on uh, being funded. Um, you have a four, 114 backers, 15 days to go. The project uh, ends on the 15th of september so um what can people expect on this uh on this kickstarter uh well you know hopefully we're offering um not too many tiers that's 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 like that's the game you play right how many is too many and how few is too few um to get you caught up you know i know most people you know listening to this probably never heard of tights but if you if uh, you want to dip your toe in the water, we got a link to the website, tightscomicbook.com, where we have the first uh, nine pages, the, the same nine pages we featured in the first Kickstarter. So, you know, if you dig that, then, you know, come back to the Kickstarter. And uh, we got just digital tier. I think you can get number one and two for eight bucks, which out here in San Francisco, I don't think could get you a beer. Um, <laughs> so that, that's uh, a pretty decent deal, right? And then we have 
Um, we still have issues of the first print run of number one. You can add them on to whatever pledge tier you want. Um, and, uh, you know, we were lucky enough to get some pretty good reviews uh, for, for the first book. So thank God I wasn't, <laughs> again, I was listening to myself, right? But, but <laughs> luckily myself wasn't a complete idiot. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, some people, uh, they dig it. So uh, we were very, very happy and fortunate to get those. Um, but yeah, uh, as it comes to tiers, you know, we got a little bit of everything. Um, like in the first Kickstarter, we have what we call our bundles. And our bundles, you know, they come with the fun stuff, um, you know, the extras. There's a print by um, Samuel Wunzi, who does the, the artwork, the cover artwork for Magic Powder, which is a phenomenal indie comic about to launch its issue three. I would definitely check that out. Um, and we saw his artwork on the Magic Powder stuff where we have to work with him. And we had him um, create this. Uh, it's an old James Bond movie poster. So it's a movie poster in that style for for tights uh, too. And it's just badass. And so that's limited to Kickstarter. We have a sticker pack that's limited to Kickstarter. I'm just looking at, I'm surrounded by crap, right? So from the first <laughs> one, we have very few remaining, but you know, we had belly pins. We actually have these. These are these were a hit and pretty awesome um, from the first one. And, you know, yeah. when you order something, you got to order in a big batch. So we right, still have right, some right. of these left. You can add these on, but we got a new sticker pack for the new, uh, the, the new Kickstarter. We got bookmarks. Um, and uh, if, you, if you pledge for one of the, the, um, the you know, the, the bigger tiers, any bund anything that says bundle, or if you get the, the signed print collector's tier, so essentially you get both issues, both uh, covers for issue two. You get a first print run of issue one. Everything is signed. Um, you're also included in the bundles in that anything that we print that is a stretch goal. So I got some stickers. I actually just got uh, a little uh, a note that it was just delivered. So they're already here. Um, <laughs> you got some new stickers. Well, you get all those for free if we add any digital um, anything. So we got um, No H2O, which is from Punch Publishing, which is a fantastic 100-page freaking volume one for free, and I loved it. So everyone got that as a stretch goal. We're going to offer four titles from uh, Lesser Known Comics as a stretch goal. So yeah, if you get one of those, those um, kind of upper echelon tiers, you'll get everything that we got that we can send in the same mailer <laughs> for free. Uh, yeah, one of these, right? So side print collector's edition. Um, I think there's a couple early pledge uh, exclusive bundles. So it's the exact same thing as a KS, KS exclusive bundle, but it's just 10 bucks less. And we just had right. 25 of them. So I think there's a couple of those left. Mm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the how to kickstart your comic. Those things went fast. So originally I offered five. And essentially what it is, it's you'll get everything that you get in the other stuff, all the goodies. Um, but you also get anything that we got um, in the making of this comic. So all the sketches, all the pieces of art, nice. uh, the, the, you know, Edison's char first character drawings, the scripts, which was really helpful for me when I finally got a hold of a script in Microsoft Word that I could use as a template that changed things. It made things so much easier and I really like it. So you can have ours, you know, it's worked for me and hopefully it'll work for you. And then, um, what you get is, you know, dude, for the, for my entire career, I've been in, in advertising, writing commercials, producing commercials. In the last five years, I work at the biggest social media company on planet Earth, and I, I teach video game companies how to make uh, ads on phones, on social media. So 
Um, I think hopefully our, our social presence is pretty decent. <laughs> um, it's worked so far. So what, what that benefit is, so you get all the stuff, you get all of our resources, our Kickstarter resources, and then you'll get a chat like we're doing now. You know, I'll, I'll sit down with you and uh, any questions anyone has of how to kickstart a comic from scratch. I mean, this is the first time, this book is my first book. And so the fact that we were able to run two successful Kickstarters, um, I think is, I think there's some things that we've learned that we've effed up in the beginning and we've got those, uh, those, those life lessons to teach. And also just the stuff, again, bringing from what I've done in the daytime is my job for over 15 years. I think how to establish social presence from scratch. Um, what building a template to make social posts looks like. And I'll give, you know, whoever gets this tier, I use Keynote, right? And I just use mm -hmm. the simple transitions and I export as a video and it's just, it's helped me again. You gotta be consistent, right? right. And when you gotta put something out every day, particular a couple of times a day when, you're, when your Kickstarter's moving, that takes some time. And so having a template and being able to plug and play has really helped me. So you get, long story short, you get all that stuff um, that we've used um, to make tights a, a success, at least in crowdfunding world, um, as part of that deal. Nice. Awesome oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah these, these look cool, man. I love those characters, the new ones that you have there. Um, yeah, the, the, those these guys right here? Yeah, yeah, I love those. Yeah, Shadow Pack, man. Uh, Edison did a fantastic job. I just told him, like, I want a tactical, like, somewhat realistic snake eyes but yeah, right. you know make them make them all look the same but slightly different and mm -hmm. he did a great job of doing that um That's again keeping them in the real world but you know one of them has grappling guns and technically if you want to think like how the hell could you support a human being with a little grappling gun <laughs> we're having a little bit of fun but but keeping it somewhat grounded oh and then got... what we just passed um original art oh, um, i gotta i gotta call this out so um Everything, including the the uh, the cover art that Edson did, which is incredible, which that went that was in a super tier by itself, where you get everything I just talked about, and you get the eleven by seventeen original cover art, one of one. Someone got that, and then we've sold a couple pages of these too. Um, Edison, unlike the first issue, which was all digital, he did all this by hand, and um, and this is just announced. I can finally, <laughs> thank you, Dan. Um, what I can finally announce is I, I've always been telling everybody, man, shouting for the mountaintops. I'm like, Edison, he gets it and his style is so good and he's so quick. Like he's going to make it in this right. comic book world as a professional. Yeah. Um, and he, he's working in an IDW. Uh, <laughs> there he is, lesser known. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Edison now has a has uh, announced that he's he's working with IDW. It's wow. called Family Time, and they're making a TV show. And so, wow. the dude, the dude's yeah. serious now, man. I'm awesome. hoping I won't lose him, but you can, get it, you can get his art right. Like these original pages, I think you know maybe in a couple years, I think could be worth something. So if you're a collector, not only do they look badass, but you know. Now you know the dude. The dude is is yeah. is going up and up and up, and I couldn't That's be happier crazy. for him. Honestly, it's, he deserves it, and he's yeah. a super talent. And I can't effing believe that I I got him to be part of of this 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 uh, from scratch. Like oh, I have an idea. Yeah. Do you want to go on this journey with me? You yeah. live in Singapore. I've never met you before. <laughs> so, yeah. how'd you guys meet? Uh, like I uh, just on like Instagram or something. Yeah, well, shoot, we, um, we, uh, I was looking for an artist, so I, I finished issue one, 
And, you know, I have this kind of twisted story that's also so hopefully funny. And um, I'm like, I got to find a style that does a nice balance between, you know, obviously not being too realistic and then also not being too cartoony. And yeah. um, I found I saw Edison's work for Snake Claws, which is his own. He, dude, he, he has multiple. He's got a full volume one. I think it was six issues. It's hilarious. Jesus. He wrote it. Dude did everything. And I saw it, I went to his website, I'm like, holy shit, like this is exactly what I'm looking for. And so I just reached, I just emailed him and said, this is the book, this is the script. Would you be down to do this? And of course, I'm going to pay you, right? It's not like, let's go on this together <laughs> for free. It's no, yeah. you know, I'll pay you. And he was like, let's do it. And, you know, I found out actually on another podcast um, that, that he joined um, that <laughs> I didn't know this. He's like, what I think the, the person asked him, like, well, why, why did you choose to work with Chris? Because it was the first time I think Edison had worked with a, a writer outside of himself, right? It was mm -hmm. all creator-owned stuff that he had done in the past. And he's like, well, he had a script, and I got it. <laughs> and it was just – it's funny, and it's, it seems so, like, simple. But it's true. For anyone out there, it's like it's hard for anyone, particularly artists, to take a chance in the time that they know it's going to take, right? Sure. Making comic books takes a hell of a lot of time. So even if you're going to pay them, like just an idea, just a pitch, an elevator pitch of an idea, you probably, it's going to be a hard sell. But if you can just drop the script in the email and be like, read it and right. tell me if you dig it. Um, you know, he said like, that was the difference. You know, he had gotten offers, but it's like, no, I, I saw it and I got it. And I could see where it's going. And I, you know, I thought it was pretty decent. So it's, so that, that made the, uh, the difference. Yeah. No, his artwork is incredible, man. Just yeah, those pages, those, those preview pages that we saw, just they just stuff just pops off the page. Now, yeah, does he also color it, or is it a different colorist? So we, uh, so for the first issue, he did everything except the lettering, um, which Reed Reed does it. He coincidentally lives six blocks away from me, which is insane because Edison uh, introduced me to Reed. Not in the case. I think oh, he lives wow. in California, and he lives six blocks away from me. Um, <laughs> so Reed is great. He does a, he does a design of the book too. What we brought on this issue is Maya, and she's fantastic, um, super pro colorist, um, and uh, uh, the reason why I brought her on, well, one, is because she's badass, and two, is Edison began to get more busy, and he's like, dude, I just, I'd rather focus on the pages and do the inks right, and I promise, like, it's going to look even better than the first issue. I'm like, well, it looks great. He's like, no, it'll look even better. That's it's going to be more dialed in if we get someone to color it. I'm like, cool. So I put out the word. I'm like, hey, everyone out there, um, if you know someone uh, who can help us out, let us know. Or if you, if you do color and uh, you'd love to work on the book, DM me. And I had a couple people say, you got you to reach out to Maya. And I saw her work. So she was already on my list. So I'm like, all right, this sounds pretty good. And uh, she, she liked the, the, the book and wanted to work on it. And she's been fantastic. And so adding that element um, to the team, uh, again, I just think, I think the book, the art, everything in issue two is just elevated, you know, right. um, again, it all looked great in issue one, but just having everyone focus and have the time, um, I think, uh, it has honestly made a, a big difference and, uh, it's, yeah, it's everything in more than I, that I could have hoped <laughs> for, yeah. for it. Yeah. Damn, man. You better, you better get them going in that book three before. They <laughs> I know. Trust me. The family time thing with Edison, I'm like, I'm already, we might have a guest artist this next this next uh, this next issue, yeah, but again, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna get super busy super quick. But uh, 
I'd be honored to work with him uh, on this next issue or any issue beyond that. But um, what's been great is doing these Kickstarters and actually getting guest artists to make variant covers like Kyle uh, Petchak. He did the variant cover, which is incredible. Um, meeting people like him and Samuel, who did the print, and um, Santi Guillen, who did the, the, the variant cover for the first book. Just reaching out to all these people saying, hey, do you want to work on this thing? I now have you know, uh, a little, uh, a list of just fantastic artists that, you know, if we need uh, a guest artist or, you know, someone to do a variant cover, it's just good to have that kind of virtual Rolodex to go to. So we'll see. Um, again, I wish Edison all the best, no, <laughs> like success. And I understand if he doesn't have a time uh, to, to work this in when I am finished, right? That's the other thing. Right. It's like, I got to get the damn thing written yeah. and it might, I might miss my window or who knows, but um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll keep, we'll keep the train moving though. No, that's awesome. And I, I love what you're doing brother. And I think you're going to have, I mean, you already have great success with this Kickstarter, but I think it's going to continue and you're going to blow this thing up, man, out the water. So congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It's man. amazing. Cause uh, you were on our show Christmas week. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember that's the cool. uh, the art for it had the the Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. First appearance. Uh, yeah. In fact, I'm actually putting the link now. If you want to see that first appearance of Chris uh, talking about tight tissue one, it's in the chat there. <laughs> Click on that link and you can uh, check it out. Um, that's fantastic. I mean, I mean, you have you have your your head screwed on right. Um, I think uh, you ask yourself all the right questions. I think. Um, we were talking about on our previous show tonight, we had a pre-recorded show about, um, you know, it's like self-editing and self-reflecting and, and, and being honest with yourself. And I think that's how you approach your project. And uh, it's, it, it's no, it, it goes to show why you're successful with it because you're very methodical in your approach um, to it. What advice would you give to, um, you know, aspiring or budding uh you know, creators out there that are looking to um, break into comics? Commit to one idea. <laughs> I have been chasing so many cars with so many different ideas for so <laughs> many years, man, um, that I finally, you know, I, I had no more excuses because COVID hit. I was indoors, nothing to do, nowhere to go. My kid was born. So she was napping a lot and I was on paternity and I had this window and I'm like, if I don't do something and if I don't make this damn comic, that was the other thing. It was like, I, I just need to make a comic. My whole life I've had to make a comic book. And it's like, this is just something I see it. And I, and I feel that this is right. And I want to make something that puts me out of my comfort zone. So it was like, no, nope, we're doing this. And I'm never going to forgive myself if I don't. And so I just, I, <laughs> I finished that script and I'm like, okay, here we go. I got nothing to lose. I'm going to reach out to everyone that, that I think could either help me because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, that's awesome about the community, right? If you have a question, that's another thing. If you don't know something, follow people who are doing what you're doing, right? right. And just ask them questions. And then you know what? They're going to probably end up being your buddy for a long time. I've made so many new friends just by literally asking people, what the hell should I do? How do you do this? Right. Um, so committing to one idea and following through and finishing it. If you're a writer that's finishing the first script of your first issue – if it's an artist, you know, create your own stuff, right? Like not everyone can be, you know, a, a both as talented as a writer as they are an artist like Edison, but you can make pages. You could put your vision onto paper and build a little site for yourself, you know, put yourself on social media, 
and just have something when you ask those questions, have so something for people to see and follow you and get inspired by you. So it's just committing to that, right? It's taking that jump, that leap, because, uh, man, I, again, I, I kept, I kept taking those little, those little toes in the water of a bunch of different ponds for years. And yeah, I got a lot of ideas for a lot of projects, but that's all they are. So just commit, <laughs> commit. All set, man. Absolutely. So we're at that point where we're going to give you the screen. We'll give you elevator pitch. Why should people back tights number two and where people can find you on social media. So uh, there you go. Cool. Tights. If you, you know, elevator pitch of tights is this, you know, I think it's, kick ass for the COVID age with a little midlife crisis thrown in. Um, uh, I'm a sucker for, you know, superhero stories that are pseudo realistic. Um, you can kind of put yourself into the characters. You can see yourself into the characters. And this is very much a character driven comic. You know, it's, it's happening in a world like ours. It's gone a little crazy. And of course you have people running around as superheroes, but it's really about people, about relationships. And again, you know, seeing yourself and seeing the people who, who you love and hate. In, in those in those characters and so um, you know if that sounds like something that that, that you would dig I definitely would check out the Kickstarter um, the inch you know on the Kickstarter we have the first video that we did for the first Kickstarter so you can check that out I think that gives you a nice intro into what tights is all about and then of course this time around um, you can see new pages from issue two we got pledge tiers you know if you're just digital and you're like I don't know I guess I'll check it out eight bucks get you both but um, yeah, you could see find the Kickstarter, you know, tights issue, uh, tights issue number one and two. If you type that in to Kickstarter, you'll find it. If you go to tightscomicbook.com. Um, you'll get all the information. You can read the first nine pages of issue one. And then tights comic book on, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, you'll find us. So uh, hopefully you'll come check us out. Outstanding. Awesome. Outstanding. Awesome. Well, again, thank you again for being on Cast of Craze. Uh, congratulations again. Um, congratulations on being a dad. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think uh, you're doing all the right things, you know, so I can't wait to see what uh, happens with your journey. And I'm glad you chose to uh, share it with us. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, man, you guys bring the energy. It's just always so much fun to be on here. So thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. And you're welcome back anytime, brother. Yes. Appreciate it. Well, Hell yeah. All, all right, right bro. Cool. Take care. Peace. Peace. All right, so that was uh, Chris Wagan again. This uh, yeah. again, if you want to see his first appearance on Cast of Crazy, which is what I, you know, what I love. Uh, we talked about that. We saw the same thing with Dustin Brunel when Dustin Brunel came in. He was breaking into the scene, you know, with his uh, first comic book, and then you see where he is today, right? And he's just like blowing up everywhere. And uh, same thing, you know, we, uh, we, with Chris, I like to see their journey and their progression, and. Um, and there's always lessons to learn from their experience. I'm glad that they're willing to be to share that with the audience. So, uh, you know, congratulations to all those guys that we get yeah. to be able to sit in the front row. We have the orchestra seats to uh, watch watch the show. Yeah, I mean, there's a sense of professionalism that they bring to yeah. everything they do, and that's so important. You know, they take this stuff very seriously, and they and it's obvious. And and their success is is proof. You know, so yeah, now congratulations, man. These guys are amazing. And I'm so glad that he's hooked up with lesser known comics. Big shout out to them. They've been on the show a couple of times. Yeah. Nice group of nice group of creators uh on there. And and, and thank you to everyone who, who tuned in tonight. 
and yeah. we're just checking it out. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, and if, and if you did like, if you enjoyed this episode and the conversation, you know, if you haven't done so already, hit that like button, subscribe. If you haven't done so, you know, share it with a friend. Let the world know about Cast the Craze. We are the home to the indie creators. And when we grow, the indie community grows. So more eyes on us. That means more eyes on our guests. And uh, everybody wins at the end of the day. And that's why we do it for um yeah it's fantastic uh and uh join us thursday morning uh thursday morning on the morning brew with the crazy crew 9 a.m eastern standard time bring a cup of coffee pull up a chair if you're driving to work you know pull us up and uh what george and i we talk about all things trending and pop culture comic books and uh, we talk about interesting topics and we love to chat with our live audience so uh it's always a lively show and I think this one's episode 27 since we started it. So episode 27 nice. on the Morning Brew. So that's going to be fun. And again, if you haven't done so already, sign up for the launch of There's an Alien in My Toilet. Book number three, Aichi Wawa. Link is in the chat. We launch on the 20th of September as well. And uh, thank you to the sponsors of this episode, Daphne Lage with Eagle Raven on Kickstarter. You know, um, Michael San Martino, Tech the Gods. Go visit techthegods.com. And um, uh, Story Comics, Story Comic Podcast. You know, check them out. And again, we appreciate all of our sponsors you help keep us in business so thank you so much um that's all i got george what do you got before i fade to black that's all i got brother with that said um, i know i'm sam the crazy man Vera. george the dream of medina and we are Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking about my friend Aquis. I met him the other day. Say my name, say my name. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you were thinking? Oh, my. He said, I'm the idiot. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. Girl